Welcome to the Biblical Truth Podcast. I am Pastor Jimmy Fletcher with Mount Nebo Baptist Church. I want to thank you for joining in with us for this podcast today. Um, As you know, we did our first podcast last week on the issue of antinomianism. I want to thank you for all those who tuned into that one as well. Um, Today, we're just going to be continuing on Um, our focus, which is on biblical truth. And today, uh, the issue that we are going to be centering on is that of the Great Commission and sharing the gospel with a lost and dying world. As I told you, there will be times where we have guests on this podcast, and we are blessed today because we do, in fact, have a guest with us. And we have here... Uh, Brother Gene Harris, who is one of our very own here at Mount Nebo Baptist Church. So we want to welcome him, Brother Gene. Thank you for inviting me. I'm all excited about this. I think this is a good good way for us to reach our community. Thank you for inviting me. Now, as we started uh, last week, uh, before we got into the, the meat of the topic, One of the things that we did was we opened up with prayer. So I just want to ask you to join me uh, in prayer uh, before we get started in dealing with this uh, very important topic in Scripture. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you right now. Lord, thank you for giving us the ability, Lord, to do this podcast. Lord, I pray that you'll give myself and Brother Gene the words to say during this time. Lord, help us to be intentional. Help us to speak with love and clarity and humility. And Lord, I just pray that through this, Lord, that you'll just continue to grow and strengthen your church, whether it be someone here at Mount Nebo or someone from another church, Lord. Uh, And Lord, I also pray that if there's one listening that doesn't know you, Lord, that that you would draw them unto salvation uh, by the sharing and teaching of your gospel. Lord, be with us now as we go into this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, One of the most vital things... uh, to the church and the life of the church that, that I believe is that of sharing the gospel, uh, Brother Gene. And, and so I think at times we, we can lose focus uh, in sharing the gospel and the importance of sharing the gospel. And you know, as being a part of this church and maybe those of you who are part of other churches, uh, it's an important aspect for your church. Uh, right now, um, that this is one of our focuses here at Mount Nebo Baptist Church. Uh, on Wednesday nights, one of the things that we dedicate our entire service to um, is that of prayer and then that of going out and sharing the gospel. Uh, we were doing that every Wednesday night, but now we've more tailored it to fit a specific Wednesday night uh, during the month where we're going out. And as the group is out going into the community that we have went and prayed over. Uh, We have the group back here who is praying over that group who's going to share the gospel with the lost and dying world and other prayer requests. And so the reason we do that is is because, as I just stated, we believe that it's one of the most vital things to the church body. Now, with that being said, Brother Gene, I want to ask you just a few questions regarding Matthew 28, 18 through 20 that, that I have come up with after reading it. I want to read Matthew 28, um, 18 through 20 before I ask you these questions, and that is this. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Amen. Now, with those thoughts in mind, some questions that I came up with, and I'm going to give you the first one here, Brother Gene, if you will answer it uh, to the best of, of your ability, and that is this. Does the imperative in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 apply to all Christians? Well, Jimmy, that's a very good question. And as I contemplate the, the answer to that question, I'm trying to think of other examples in Scripture where we're given some things to do and think of exceptions where that uh, applies to those. And I cannot think of one exception where God has given us a charter like he did here in the Great Commission where that's he's null, made it null and void or changed it or lessened it some. But I do think of scriptures where, like in Peter, it says that God's plan is he would have no one to be lost. He would have everyone to, to be saved and come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So I can't think of any exceptions to that. And so I, I take that as marching orders that we're to do that. As we go is the way I understand it to be. As we go through our life, just sharing Jesus there so that others can come to know him. So do you see that as then a, a command from Christ to go and share, or do you think this is the great suggestion? No, I, I, I think that you, you mentioned it earlier. I think it's imperative that we go as we do that. I don't think we have an excuse for that because that's God's plan, his plan. He could do anything he wants to draw people himself, but he's chosen to let us be a part of his kingdom work there and through the great commission of sharing with others what he's done in our lives there. So no, I don't think it's, is there any exceptions to it? I don't think it's a, it's a buffet where we can pick and choose to do that or not do that. And I think though, having done that, I'll say this, that it's the rewards of doing that and the, the knowledge that you're doing what we're supposed to be doing, being obedient, is beyond measure just when we carry out the Great Commission there. He affirms that we're doing what he wants us to do. So I think it's imperative that we do that, and I think it's more imperative that we do it even more than we do it, to be intentional about that as we go. Right, and and to go along with that, that that's why I wanted to make that point about, you know, so oftentimes I, I think in in our own lives and maybe in the lives of churches across the United States of America, I think at times we do take this as, you know, the great suggestion from Jesus that if we feel like going and doing this, that that we can. And I believe that even going back to last week's podcast where we were talking about, you know, having a divine mandate from Christ uh, to fulfill the law of love, that this would almost, in a sense, fall under the law of love in loving God and loving people because, number one, the, the fruit of your salvation is found in obedience. And if Jesus is not giving us a great suggestion and he is telling us, go, then the way that, that, that we show that we love him is that we obey him. And not only that, the way that we show that we love uh, not just Christian brothers and sisters in the church, but that we love our neighbors is that, that we are going out into the community 
and sharing the gospel. And maybe you would agree with this or disagree with this. Uh, just to get your opinion on this really quick is, is one thing that I have found and uh, just over the course of ministry and talking about going out in the community is, is most of the time people aren't just stopping into your church because you've got a, a, a church sign out there on the side <laughs> of the road. It, it's, it's the body of Christ going and sharing with the, 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 with the ones that do not believe in order to bring them in to be a part of the local church in order to serve Christ. Would you I agree affirm that? that? Yes, I, I think it is as you go. And that uh, yeah, everybody knows where the church is, but not everybody comes to the church. But the statistics have shown from what I've read that when they're invited, a personal invitation by someone, they don't even have to know them, but somebody personally inviting them, they want to come and be a part of that because they were invited. They were made, made to feel special. Then they can set under the Word of God, hearing the Word of God being spoken to them, and God can work in their lives to bring them to salvation. Right. I have a story that I've read about Charles Spurgeon that he said that he didn't know the people that God had called to salvation and since he didn't know who he called, that he's going to keep preaching the word and sharing the word so that whosoever will would be invited. Well, and going along with that mm -hmm. thought, I'm going to go ahead then and go into the next question because I believe that goes into exactly uh, Charles Spurgeon's thought on that. And that is, that is this, as I go into the second question, we know that God is sovereign over all things, including salvation. Uh, why do we need this mission, if that's the case. Yeah. Well, I think I, I touched on that with Charles Spurgeon's statement there, but I also believe that the Great Commission is the local church's marching orders, so to speak there, that we're to go be out in the world to be the salt, to be the light that God has called us to be so that others can see Jesus through us and we're sharing intentionally what he's done in our lives so that others can come to know him. And I think that's all woven together in the fabric of being the Great Commission and us to be his witnesses, in Ju as he says in Acts 1-8 there, about where we're to go. We start where we are in our Jerusalem. And then we go to Judea, the surrounding area, and then Samaria, the next area, and then to the uttermost part. So as we go, I think we're just chartered to do this. And it's a pleasure to do that because we know we're being obedient to what God has called us to do. Uh, something else that, that Charles Spurgeon says is, you know, if I knew who the elect were, if, it, if the E was stamped, uh, and I may not be quoting this exactly like he says it, but he talks about it being stamped um, on their back, that he would lift their shirt tails up and he would preach specifically to them. But he says he doesn't know any of that, that he's been commissioned to go and to share the good news of the gospel and let God do what only he can. And I think that sometimes that's one of the pressures that we put on ourselves as believers is we, we forget that God is sovereign over this and we put so much pressure on ourselves that what if I don't say this just right? What if I don't do this just right? What 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 happens if I don't put it up there on a silver platter? Now, don't misunderstand me. I think it's important that we be prepared when we go where we're going to share the gospel. I think that, that we should be prepared. But we have to realize that God is sovereign over all of this. 
uh, over our world and over the over the issue of salvation. And so, with that being said, uh, I don't think that we can can mess that up in the sense that we're going to prevent someone from coming to Jesus if we share the gospel of Jesus and we just let the lion out of the cage. One of the things that I know is going to to happen is is that the Lord is going uh, to to work in the lives of people. In fact, Scripture tells us in uh, John chapter six forty four that no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at that last day. Now, in that, a lot of people say, "Well, now you're saying that." because God is sovereign over salvation and it can only be the power of God uh, that, that can draw them unto salvation, then, then why do we need to do this? And that goes to the heart of what you're saying. Salvation is not up to us. What we have been given is a commission to go and share and, and baptize people. And so that, that's, that's what... That, that's what we have been given, and I think that we have to remember that. So it's not up to us. It, it, there, there's no power in our presentation. The power is in the gospel. And I think that when we take that view that God is sovereign over it, that there's no power in our presentation or any of that, that the power's in the gospel, I think that frees us to, to be able to share this uh, with you know a lot more... Uh, I think with more ease. Let me say it that way. Do, do you think I, so? I agree. I, I agree completely for what you said there. And it brought up a thought in my mind. When I think about the different salvations or some of them that we see in the Bible, all of them are unique. We don't have to have a cookie cutter uh, method here. I, you think about Paul on the road to Damascus. Yeah, that's unique. But think about Lydia, the seller of purple there. She was by a riverside when she heard the word there, or the Ethiopian eunuch. He was in a chariot reading scripture, and Philip went to him and talked to him. Think about Peter, the great Peter. His brother brought him to Jesus. Andrew, his brother, says, we found the Messiah, and he takes him there. Different ways, God has different ways of bringing people to himself, and everybody's having, he's preparing people in different ways. And in fact, another aspect of this, we may not always see the results of somebody giving their heart and life to Jesus, but we're planting seeds that are necessary for that person to reach that point in their spiritual growth. And so we just, we don't know where that is, but we know we're supposed to do that, to share what he's done in in our lives and our experiences there. He uses us. I heard Johnny Hunt, well-known pastor, he said one time, God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. And that's all he's got to work with is us crooked sticks. And so we're to go as we go to keep sharing God's word and the results will be his, not ours. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, and, and continuing on uh, with this, uh, this, this last question uh, that I have for you is, is, so then what is the responsibility of the local church regarding the Great Commission? I think part of our responsibility is to to share with, with the church itself, to get them uh, seeing what their responsibilities are, seeing how God has done it in the past. And we do that by sharing some experiences we have, but also reminding people God's word is God's word. It doesn't change. 
And we know that Jesus doesn't change. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he stated that, that it's our responsibility to, to go. He says, all authority has been given to me there. And then he says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Our job is to make disciples. And it's not only just sharing the word with her, with people, but to help them to become disciples, to be followers of Christ, to to so that they can go out and start sharing with other people. It's a multiplication process, and we get to be a part of it. I mean, it's exciting to think about the creator of the universe letting us be a part of his plan of reaching people for spend eternity with him. That's just always boggles my mind when I come at it from that viewpoint there. It's an honor, it's a privilege, and a responsibility. And you used the word earlier, I think, and we need to be intentional about that. A final, not a final thought, but an additional thought is, if we don't tell these people, who's going to tell them? God's put them in our path. We don't know what their experiences is, but we know that oftentimes we what we call low-hanging fruit. He's prepared people so they're just ready and waiting for us to, to get the ball across the finish line, so to speak, to share what we've been given to share so they can come to know Jesus and make have eternal life with him. It's a, it's a great responsibility, but it's also a great privilege, an honor to be part of God's kingdom work. And I think that when you look at the book of Acts, one of the things that, you know, sticks sticks out at me is when the the church was first forming there. I mean, it wasn't transfer growth. It was people coming to salvation. What was it, three thousand? Yeah, one day. Yeah, in one day. And so the, the the church explodes there. And I think today oftentimes our churches grow more so through church transfer growth when what we and let me say this, I'm not saying anything bad about that, but I also think, because I think that that happens over time uh, everywhere, but how important is it that our churches grow through people coming to know Jesus? That's, that's that multiplication process. That's the going out into the community and and then, and sharing the gospel, then getting saved, and then becoming you know part of a local mm-hmm. church, not even the church... Uh, that you're a part of, but if they're part of a New Testament Bible-believing church, they're getting plugged in so that they can begin that multiplication process. And and one of the the interesting things that that is said in here, and I think that we often overlook in the Great Commission, is teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And so I think that we need to remember that in this issue of evangelism, that yeah, we're we we want to see people come to know Christ. But also, whenever I have, or whenever I had my child, my wife had our children, one of the things that I wanted for them is I wanted them to grow and to be healthy. And what we had to do was we had to feed them, right? Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. so, in order for these babes in Christ to grow and to know the will of Jesus Christ, we have to take that responsibility on, just like a mother or a father, to help teach them. Uh, the things of the Lord so that they will grow in Christ and that that will be evident um, in their life. Again, they can't self-produce it, but we are to be intentional 
I believe, in our sanctification where we're growing in Christ Jesus. And and I think that in teaching them what he has commanded, it goes back to that issue of loving God and loving people where Paul talks about that in Galatians 6, 2, as I hit last week, fulfilling the law of Christ, even in 1 John 2 where it says, you know, the test of knowing him is if you keep his commands. And so what, what does that fall under? I believe that is understanding what God loves who he loves and how he loves and so that we're not under some you know moral you know we're trying to be moral people but that everything that we do is from a heart of love for our savior and so that they understand you know hey this is what it means to love god this is what it means to love people and so we need to re- we don't need to leave that part out of the great commission we we need to we need to help them to continue to grow so that the multiplication process can actually grow and i do think that we have to ask ourselves the question when we fall into the trap of you know it's not my responsibility to go and to share the gospel as a believer but i think that that's where we have to go back and do self-examination and the question that we have to ask ourselves as believers is is if we are fulfilling the law of christ is is that the way that we portray love to god and love to people by acting selfishly and saying I've got mine. It's your responsibility to go somewhere else and find it. It doesn't fall on me. And and I think that oftentimes, you know, people would not say, "Oh, I'm 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 being selfish," and I'm not even. I don't want to even insinuate that that people have that attitude. But that is what is portrayed uh, with that attitude of "I've got mine. You go handle your business." No. The commission is is that these disciples would go. And I would have to believe that if we are followers of Christ, the same commission applies uh, to us as believers. And the only way that the local church is going to grow uh, outside of transfer growth is if the church is being the church and going and sharing the gospel where people are converted and then they turn around and do the multiplication process that that you said. I agree with every bit of that there. But another thought came to my mind. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said this. He said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all, all your mind, and all your soul, and your neighbor as yourself. And how could we love our neighbors more than sharing with them about the gospel, about the good news of Jesus Christ, about letting them experience the good life that we enjoy as believers and to get heaven thrown in at the end of that. How much better, how much more could we love somebody? And if we don't love them, we don't share that. It's just a manifestation of our of his love for us and we're carrying that love out and being faithful to his commission, what he's commissioned us, commanded us to do. And it says at the end of that, to the end of the age. That means we got to keep on keeping on doing this. It's, it's not just a one-time deal. It's we do it as we go through life here. And it's an honor, and it's a privilege, and a, a, a great honor to be able to do that. Yeah, and, and I think, I don't, I don't know who exactly said it, um, but, but one, of the, one of the things that I've read over time is, is by a guy that talks about getting there. Basically, he would, you know, he would want to be at the gates of hell to mm-hmm. at least have people leap over his body to go into hell. In other words, he would want to shout from the rooftops that Jesus is the only way to salvation so that they would be delivered from the bondage of sin, 
saved uh, and given this eternal life and brand new life and delivered from the place that we believe that, you know, is hell. Yeah. You know, that, that ultimately they're not going to spend an eternity in hell. And so they, they, they get this by coming to Christ simply by faith and it's grace alone. And, and there's no other way by, and it's by Christ, faith and grace alone, all of it. And so that's what we have to, to be intentional about doing. I mean, let's let the church be marked by that, that if people are going to go to hell, if people are going to reject the Savior, at least let's make them jump over our bodies Amen. in order to get there. They, they, you know, they, they've heard it, and they're going to have to jump over us in order to get there. And so I, I hope and pray that that would be uh, my prayer, your prayer, and the life of the church's prayer, not just here at Mount Nebo in Gilchrist County, but also in the church in the United States of America, that we would shift our, our attitude and stance on how important this is. And uh, I want to kind of close with this story, uh, and that is this, is that the reason that I'm here today is because one day I didn't need a haircut, but I felt led to go get a haircut. And it was in my early 20s, and I went, it was closing time, uh, Miss Phipps said, uh, come on in, I'll give you a haircut anyway. So I sit down in her chair. She starts to cut my hair in the midst of that. She ends up sharing the gospel with me. Here's this lady who's let me in right here at closing time. Didn't have to give me a haircut. In the midst of that, shares the gospel with me. And I come under this heavy conviction in there. Now, I had already made a profession of faith, but it wasn't real. It wasn't genuine. Um, I was not saved. I was living in sin. She shares the gospel with me, um, and I come under this conviction. I leave there, and I call my old youth pastor, Jackie Watts, and I, I, I call him, and I'm like, hey, man, I need to talk to you. So he's like, hey, let's, let's set up a time to get together. I'm like, no, you don't understand, brother. I got to see you right now. <laughs> and so he's like, all right, because by now, you know, it's in the evening time. So I go to his house. I tell him what's going on, and he always says he did nothing, that I was just the fruit falling off the vine. And right there in his living room, I had an amazing experience where I bowed my knee in his living room, to Jesus Christ, I repented of my sins and trusted him by way of faith. And the whole reason that I am here at this church is, is not because I did this myself. It's because someone shared the gospel with me who, you know, didn't have to let me into their barber shop, but, but she did. And she shared the gospel and I was saved and it has led and had a profound impact over my life where now I've been called to the ministry and I, I pastor a church here, but it's all because of that. Nothing that I did in myself. It was because she unleashed the power of the gospel and I was led to Christ right there in the living room of Jackie Watts' living room. And so friends, that's the powerful impact that we never know that we have. And I don't think that we've got to have some big skit to do this. She didn't have a skit to do it. I think it comes from simple gospel conversations that we have with people throughout every day, whether it be in our restaurants, whether it be pumping gas, whether it be even in our churches, wherever you go, vacations, it doesn't matter. Just a simple gospel conversation uh, about who this Jesus is. And when you get that door, walk right through it to share with them the good news about Jesus, what he's done and what he will do for them. And, and friends, watch God work. We're going to go ahead and close this um, podcast 
uh, down today. Brother Gene, uh, I want to thank you so much for coming and being a part of this podcast today. I hope that in the future that you'd be willing to come and do some more uh, with me. I certainly appreciate the invitation and have enjoyed the time. And I, I think it's just part of sharing the Great Commission. I have one more story I'd like to wrap up with. It's, of course, it's a biblical story. We're given the Great Commission, and Samuel, the great prophet, said this in 1 Samuel 15, when he's talking to King Saul. He says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. And we're given that commission, and we're to be obedient. That's what's required in sharing the gospel and all the other aspects of it, being obedient is a big part of it. Thank you for, for ending with that story. I think that, that is powerful uh, and continues to point us to, to that reality that we need to be obedient Christians. So I, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, we want to you know, continue, even though I've said it, I think about four or five times, we just want to thank all of our guests who are tuning in to this today. Thank you for this guest, Brother Gene, today. Um, and again, everything centers on biblical truth, and that's why we've called it the Biblical Truth Podcast. If you have any questions, uh, please send them to me at biblicaltruth345 at gmail.com, and I will try to answer them based on the scripture because that's where we believe all sufficiency comes from. Have a blessed week and tune in next time to the Biblical Truth Podcast. Again, I'm Pastor Jimmy. Thank you. Go share the gospel this week. Love God, Christian. Love others and uh, and just show it to them. And, and we pray that you'll have a safe week and tune back in. Have a blessed, blessed week.